Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. You're listening to Roundtable. I'm Neil Holing, joined by Josh and Gao Junya. Coming up on the second half of the show, when neon lights of your dream city beacon, the new life awaits. There's a daunting task ahead: relocating. But worry no more, because Roundtable got you covered from the moving day and beyond. Let's make relocating a journey of transitions, transformations, and triumphs. Now on Roundtable. Have you ever imagined starting fresh in a new city where every corner holds the promise of adventure and new beginnings? Yet the process of relocating, packing, transporting, unpacking, and getting settled can be a roller coaster emotions and challenges. Today on Roundtable, we'll dive headfirst into the art of city relocation. Join us as we explore the ups and downs, the do's and don'ts, and the secrets to making your move a seamless and successful transition. And I'm super confident with this because we've got some seasoned movers for the show. I believe both of you have moved to different places, different cities, and sometimes different country, different continent. So how was the experience? Let's start with Josh. Um, yeah, I, I think that I'm an extremely mover.、Uh, I think it's more than frequent for me. I <laughs> have moved too many times in my life. I, I must have moved maybe thirty times or something、wow. like that. I was trying to count before the show the amount of places that I've lived. I guess at this point I'm sort of used to it. I'm pretty tired of it. And、um, the tips that I would have on a personal level, I mean, for me, the way I do it now is that I basically never settle. Which is probably not that healthy, but I purposely do not settle. So every place that I move, I make sure that I live as minimalist as I possibly can, and I try not to invest too much into my apartment. Oh so, really? I get to yeah, see yeah. So I try not、bicycle. to invest too much in furniture. Anything like this? Yeah. For those of、uh, you who cannot really see this, actually, I am looking <laughs> at a bicycle hanging up on Josh's wall. I do not. I, I, I built that think... frame actually. Yeah, that, that's, that's that not investment for you.、Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> well, that was just fun, really, because I don't know if you can see that, but I've actually built that out of a shelf that collapsed. So、mm. I, I made that myself, and、um, I don't mind basically when I leave if I lose that piece because it was just junk anyway. So I wouldn't call that too much of an investment. It's just more of a place to put my bike,、um, which comes with me. But there's nothing else in here really that I've invested in aside from <laughs> all of the guitars that I keep buying, which I need to stop doing. Yeah, all、um, of the so, guitars,、yeah. huh? Well, anyways,、yeah. I think every person has their own、um, philosophy or principle when it comes to moving. So, Junya, what is your principle? Or let's start with your moving stories because I know you've relocated to different continents. That is huge. Yes, actually, it's a long story. But to put it in short, you know, and、um, this also explains our you know life change because from the very first beginning, when I was moving to Africa, I only had two card boxes. Really? Yes, because we had a certain limit. You know, for us to to move in there, and the company who's helping me to relocate, they are saying the money I've got there can only. You know, bring two card boxes over there. So I've got some daily clothes and 
shoes, and they're saying I cannot bring more than seven or nine books there because they could charge some、uh, taxes. So I think I've only brought、uh, seven books with me. And, and but、um, on my way back here in China, it was a different story because I've lived in Africa for over five years, and I have so many valuables <laughs> for me. Actually, they're not that expensive, but the local artifacts and、um, just you know so collectible for me. I've got some stone sculptures. I've got some musical instruments like the local mubira, and also、uh, some coins, some bills. We know Zimbabwe is famous for its 100 trillion bill, you know, local dollar bill. So <laughs> I've got plenty of that. So. This time I have to pay more attention to all my stuff, <laughs> and but it, actually this time it took less money than my previous trip. You know why? Because this time I did it on shipping, through the、ah. ship. So I was sharing a container with another two of my friends. So with、uh, using a twenty feet container, I think it was on the sea for maybe two months. It is not that urgent. All the stuff there, so I waited for two months and I got it here in China. And another thing I'd like to mention is that I got one of my dogs in Zimbabwe back to China. Really?、Yeah. Oh, congratulations! <laughs> I remember you talking about missing the dogs so much and not being able to get yeah, them. Yeah, missing back here the other、China. ones. Missing the other ones. I haven't brought them here, but I've got I've got one here. Wow! Yeah, it took me great efforts, but it's worth it. Oh, totally! I can I can totally、uh, relate to that. And in the, in the meantime, I think shipping your pad is definitely a different story. We'll get to that a bit later.、Mm-hmm. But to start with, I was wondering for both of you,、um, when it comes to moving, do you have any? Because you guys are like seasoned movers, and we know well from a a survey that I read previously.、Um, on average, one would move eleven times for a lifetime, and half of Which would happen before the age of thirty, and I get to see that both of you have already surpassed that threshold already. So you guys are <laughs> probably much more、uh, experienced when it comes to relocating. So I was curious about your principles. So let's start one by one. So Josh, from your previous narration, I would assume you're the less is more kind of. Person, that is, you do not want to bring too much to your next location. Is that the fact? Yeah, I mean, you just start to slowly realize. I mean, it's so natural to me now that I don't really know that I'm doing it, but you just start to realize what is and isn't a good investment. You know, you can still decorate your apartment and have a lovely space without investing in certain things. I mean, clothing is a big one. I think that if you're moving quite frequently, then And making sure that you buy less clothes is a big one because that can take up so much space and so much work. Right? This is like a long-term thing. So investing in better quality clothes,、um, if you like clothes, less is more. You know, I think that's a, a big one、um, for me, and it saves me a lot of space. And also recycling my clothes regularly、um, if I don't want them anymore. You know, and things like this. So I think that's a big one. And also realizing what you need help with and what you don't. You can sort of save a lot of time by pre-packing certain things or organizing certain things, and then if you get somebody to help you carry stuff to the next apartment, if you pay for a service, it can be much quicker and much cheaper. I've found that as well. Yeah. Also, kitchen items, things like that. I live alone, so I only need one plate that also acts as a bowl. <laughs> you know, that might seem a bit extreme, but I mean, I only need one knife and fork. 
Yeah, I guess the more I say it out loud, the more I realize I don't really live like a normal person. So maybe well, I'm not the best person to give advice on this. Maybe you're just being very environmentally friendly and living a ah, minimalist. Sure, yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's what I meant. Kind yeah. of lifestyle. I, on the contrary, am the kind of person who would bring everything that I can because I have relocated to uh, Europe, to Brussels for around five months. I know it's going to be five months. Yet I brought everything that I could. Seriously, everything. I brought even many pens and color pens and highlights. I don't know why, but that's what I did. And I bring every everything literally. And I realized for some people, they would consider the kind of item that they are thinking about bringing. For example, for the major ones, for uh, furnitures, for um, let's say refrigerator or dishwasher or just a washing machine, they would bring the one that they have invested in a lot because they like their furniture and they do not want to go through the process of doing the research, buy some new ones, um, assembling them together, all these things. That's why they bring the major, the big ones. And for the medium ones, they would consider whether or not shipping uh, contains risks. For example, for some decorations, they might not be that huge in size, yet it is quite risky to do this kind of moving, especially if you're relocating to another city, then your beautiful pictures on the wall might break into little pieces. Your beautiful vase might not be that easy to bring. So for the middle ones, they would consider the risk of bringing or of shipping and then decide. And for the small ones, like Junya said, some items might not be that valuable. Yet they carry special meaning to our hearts and that's why we did not want to leave them behind. For example, when I was relocating from Europe back to China, I brought back a bag, a huge backpack of magnets. I know many of them are made in China. I know I can get them on Taobao online quite easily, but it's different. You know, you travel to different places, you get the magnets, you get the postcards, and then you brought them back. They are full of memories. So it's it's a different story, even though they're made in China, still brought them back. So yeah, I think people are different when it comes to different items. And another very important list that I want to check on today's show is the style of organizing and labeling. Because I know for some people, they would start listing the items they own and try to decide whether or not to keep them for their next location. And the whole process is very much organized, it's meticulous, it's even therapeutic for some people, but that's not what I do. Is that what you do, Junya? Of course, I'm going to prepackage like Josh <laughs> said. Yeah, because it's your own personal belongings and valuables to yourself. So definitely. And also like you, I also brought a lot of um, fridge magnets and postcards and things like that with me. But to me, they are valuables. I have to carry them. We are know. the same. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and but I left my clothes, my uh budding and most of my books behind there and I give it to uh, you know, my friend local friends there um, but I did bring with me many 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 artifacts you can you, you can go and visit my apartment now in Beijing it's like a small museum, museum of African <laughs> culture yeah wow yes so uh, pre-packaging is definitely important because um some of them are very fragile. I've got some kitchenware, they're, you know, semantics. And I've got some stone sculptures. 
and some uh, some valuables like you know silver sculpture and silver 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 jewelry. So definitely, I I'm not trusting anyone else. Although I actually <laughs> paid for packaging, you know,、mm-hmm. for this whole logistic thing. But those valuables to me, I would package by myself and put it in a certain bag, and then ask the guys to put it in a certain box. So、mm. that's what I. Well, I might not be the best person to give you guys such advice because I don't apply by it. Yet, a lot of people say,、uh, in order to have a very much organized kind of relocating experience, the first thing you need to do is to make a list of the things that you want to move, and then start deleting.、Uh, delete the ones that you don't really necessarily need. Delete the ones that you might find it too hard to ship, and only leave the ones that you think are definitely useful and necessary. And the next step is. Move according to the list, strictly. Because when you start to pack, you would find something. Oh, I really like this one. I want to bring it. But don't do that because the mental exercise or the mental process is already completed. When you are making the list, you've already had this whole round of decision making process of what to take, what not. What not to take, and that is quite important that you abide by it. You follow the rules that you have already made for yourself. That would ensure you a relatively easy and relaxed relocating, or at least packaging. And I was wondering for both of you, do you use any apps or do you use any labeling machine? Because I know a friend who has a label machine. He would be able to print out these labels and then stick on. Basically everything. But do you have any such tips you want to share with our listeners out there who might be considering moving to a different city, Josh? Well, I would definitely look online and see if there are any forums or social media pages、uh, where people have discussed this, or if you know anybody that lives there, ask them about it because there are so many services, especially. In a country like China, there are in a big city like Beijing, for example, people are moving all the time, and there, so there are, it's massive business here. So there are so many services that offer competitive prices, and usually you can negotiate a little bit because obviously the workload is highly dependent on, as we mentioned, how much you prepare before.、Mm. If there are even services you cannot pack a single thing, they can do everything for you, which is obviously going to cost a lot more. It's going to be much more time consuming. But if you do A lot of prep work yourself. You can pre-order the boxes even, so that they can just take the boxes for you in a van.、Um, you can save a lot of money and time, and of course, even more importantly, protect those items that you have. So,、uh, they would be、uh, some tips I have. But definitely, do some research on the city that you're going to, and try and contact some people that live there already who have moved, if you can. Yeah, I've been using Holala here in China, that little program,、uh, because you know all my stuff they came from Africa and they went to a huge stockhouse, so I have to bring the stuff from the stockhouse to my house, and it was a thirty kilometer. Uh, trip, and I I think it's reasonable charge. They charge me one hundred and forty nine yuan. Mm. For the whole transportation thing, because I think it's it's on the system, so it's regulated. But if we are talking about、um, like how much we pay for the let's say the driver to help us to move the stuff upstairs, he would give you a random charge, and basically it's very high. You have to you know、um, bargain with them. Yeah.、Mm. Well,、um, like. Josh has already mentioned there are different levels of services provided when it comes to moving. There is the one that only help you to move the 
already packed everything from one place to another, and some do not even want to carry it upstairs for you. But、mm-hmm. there is also the very comprehensive one, which is getting more and more popularity here in China. Actually,、uh, May twenty data shows that as of June twenty twenty three, there has been over five thousand seven hundred active business providing storage and organization services on its platforms,、uh, compared to the same period three. Years ago, the number of business has increased by eighty-seven times, and order volume has grown by ninety-two times. Beijing, Shanghai, Zhejiang are the regions with the highest transaction volumes. Additionally, since May last year, searches for door-to-door organization has increased by one hundred and nine percent compared to previous years. And these kind of professional tidy masters would help you to arrange your home and stuff. And yes, they can help you to move as well. And I know one of my friends has ordered or used such service to relocate. Not necessarily relocating to a different city, but just from one place to another. And their service is, to start with, ridiculously expensive, but at the same time, really, really, really comprehensive to the degree that is hard for you to imagine. For example,、uh, at the very beginning, they would arrange people to do research on the place that you are going to move to, so that they would know how much to charge you. They know on what level do you want your stuff to. Be arranged exact the same way as your old house, and they would even bring little gifts to your neighbors to say that ah,、oh, sorry, we're moving, and pardon the noise and everything to just. Basically, socializing for you, and then when they're packing, they would pack everything for you. You do not need to lift a finger. And when it comes to your clothes, they would have specialized bags and packages, making sure that your clothes are not even wrinkled during the process of moving. And when it comes to taking care of your furniture, your major house appliances, they would even apply protecting layers on the wall and on the floor. To make sure that one, they're shipping your valuable appliances and valuable furnitures in your new home, not even a scratch would appear. On your furniture, and of course, after the packing, a lot of service company would consider that it's done. But for them, they would clean everything. They would arrange your Wi-Fi for you. They would again send your new neighbor the gifts they brought, and that is the whole service. So, yeah, I think they are expensive for a good reason. And if in the future I win lottery or something and had the kind of money that can buy me some service like that, I would maybe go for it. But jokes aside, do you have、uh, some more cost-effective ways of moving? Speaking about this、uh, tidying expert service, I think it's too much for me, at least for <laughs> you know now, because I'm living in an. Fifty square meters apartment. It's you know I don't need that much service. <laughs> And speaking of cost-effective measures, I think you know you have to reduce your luggage. You have to let go of some of your stuff. And、uh, second is try to package by yourself. You know don't use their service for package. And then just you know let them to move. Then it will. Definitely, you know, reduce the cost.、Mm. Um, my last question actually focused on the unpacking part of the whole process because we've talked about、uh, packaging, we've talked about moving, and actually unpack and decorate or arrange your new apartment, your new house is another very important part of relocating to a new city. And both of you. 
have had the fair share of living in different cities and different cultures even. So do you see some cultural difference when it comes to uh, moving to the new city? Josh? I think that there might be some cultural differences, but generally not so many, to be mm. honest. Uh, when it comes to unpacking, I, I certainly myself pack and unpack in exactly the same way in China as I do in England. So, but again, this is just from a personal experience. So I, I know that there are a lot more applications that are willing to help you with a lot more things in China than, for example, in my own country. Um, and they can literally do everything for you if you want them to. There's much more services available here. Um, so, and the service can be a bit more involved. I know in England, for example, a lot of these things can seem quite personal. So people are a bit more apprehensive to let other people touch their stuff sometimes. And so they'd want to unpack everything themselves. Um, but in China, I, I've often found that that's not always the case. Mm. So, um, yeah, but otherwise, a, a massive difference in unpacking. I agree with Josh because in uh, Zimbabwe, in South Africa, things you know still goes like this. They have very many actually companies who's providing good quality service as long as you're willing to make the payment and they will provide quite professional service and uh, they can package all the kitchen wares and the mugs, you know, the clothes and neatly and <laughs> just in the in the perfect place. You, we, we just don't understand them. But yeah, definitely a very good service there. Oh, yeah. well, I guess the city is a canvas and you are the artist of your own story with the right tools and mindset. The process of relocation can become a masterpiece of change and self-discovery. It may be challenging, but the pages are filled with possibilities and experiences waiting to be written. And your new city is waiting for you to make it your own. You're listening to Roundtable. Coming up next, let's take a look at a hidden danger in wintertime, low temperature burns, that the unexpected threat that could leave you scared both physically and mentally. Stay tuned. Looking for passion? How about fiery debate? Want to hear about current events in China from different perspectives? Then tune in to Roundtable. Where East meets West, and understanding is the goal. It's the hour of Roundtable with myself, Neil Honglin, Josh Cotterell, and Gao Junya. Sipping on a cup of hot cocoa, you'd think you've got winter all figured out. But be aware, there's a sneaky danger that can catch you off guard, even when you're trying to stay warm and toasty. Low temperature burns. When do they happen? And to be... More precise, what exactly is a low temperature burn? How low the temperature are we talking about? You know, before our discussion, you know, actually, and to be honest with you, I don't, I've, I don't know, you know, what is low temperature burns. But after doing a little bit in, in researching, everything just makes sense because I've heard of a story of a lady who was um, making a phone call and while charging her phone at the same time, and then she got her face burned. Wow, I think it's, this is the similar, you know, low temperature. We're speaking about low temperature, but not like 
minus zero degrees Celsius.、Mm. It's around, you know, forty to fifty and things like that, below one hundred and up from zero degrees Celsius. But they are, you know, they are posing the potential threats and dangers for in our daily life. For example, I think especially when people are sleeping, they are not conscious, and if they are using, for example, some、uh, heated blankets or hot water bags, that would bring. You know what we are saying: low temperature burns. Hmm. So, Josh, I was wondering. Um, do you think low temperature burns occur because people overlook them so much compared to high temperature sources like flames or boiling water? Do you think that's the main reason low temperature burns occur? I guess so. I I guess that, and I also think that these items that give you low temperature burns are probably items that um we use too much or we we're not using properly. And I think a lot of these items, they seem to be electronic.、Um, I know that not all of them are, but some of them are electronic. And I think that we probably, especially when we go to sleep or something like this, it's about prolonged contact most of the time, right? Which I guess sleeping or being sedentary on a sofa or something like this, or working for a long time, sat down for many hours. I think it just goes to show. How dangerous that can be sometimes, right? That we shouldn't really be sedentary for that long, and we should certainly shouldn't be leaning on or having close contact with、uh, any electronic for that long. And also, when we're sleeping as well, I think that it probably would be better to try to make the overall temperature of the room warmer than just having a heated blanket. I know that's not always easy, and sometimes the apartment, for example, aren't properly insulated. But I think that this is probably a consequence of that, to be honest, because surely. If your apartment was properly insulated, you wouldn't need an electric blanket.、Mm-hmm. I've never really understood electric blankets. I mean, I understand them that they heat up and keep people <laughs> warm, but to me, they've always seemed a little bit dangerous to have something plugged in. I'm sure they're safer than I think, but. Oh,、yeah. I totally, completely agree with you. Actually, I didn't know how lucky I was until I moved—not moved to, but like stayed in Ireland for around three weeks during winter time. And yes, the heated blanket is a must because they turn off the heater during nighttime. Something、yeah. I do not understand. But I grew up in the northern part of China. We have central heating system. The indoor area is usually as hot as summertime. I would even. Wear the really thin pajamas in my bedroom because it's just hot enough. Yet, if it's in the southern part of the country or other continent like Ireland, beautiful, amazing as it is, I do not like the winter. Keep yourself warm, kind of solution in that area. That is the heated blanket. So let's list the most common heating devices that can cause low temperature burns. Let's educate ourselves as well as those who needs to prevent themselves being low temperaturely burned. Yeah, we were talking about this.、Um... Electric blankets. Also, there are some hot water bags, which are very popular here in China,、mm. and some、uh, heating pads or thermal pads. And I just, you know,、uh, I found something new. They they actually have some heating pads for shoes. You know, we can、mm. put in our shoes and. Enjoy some warm temperature down there, and so these are like、uh, also the example I was giving. You know that、uh, our phone, right? It can、mm. could be also a potential threat from for low temperature burns. So basically, I think they're our just related to us in our daily lives. So、yeah. we have to be quite cautious. Yeah, and the million dollar question then is that what do you do if you have suffered from low temperature burn? Well, I think that. 
it depends, of course, on the severity of it. I think that you probably would need to go to the hospital if it's severe um, and go see an expert because some of these burns can be quite serious, especially if it if there's blistering or skin damage. I think, um, of course, there are ways that you can deal with burns otherwise. I'm not a medical expert, so I'm always cautious to give advice <laughs> on this. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think, of course, if you notice it immediately, uh, running it under cold water for some time mm -hmm. is something that we were always taught to do uh, growing up, and it, it certainly helped. Yeah, doctor is definitely the perfect choice. Okay, thank you, guys. And hopefully, if you are cautious enough, you will not be burned high temperature or low temperature. Thank Gao Jinya and Josh for joining Roundtable. Until next time, stay warm, stay healthy, and stay curious. I'm Niu Holin. Bye for now.